What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Brandon's Face, the podcast about a playlist. My name is Jonathan Beardsley, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Brandon May. Brandon, how are you doing tonight? I am great. Good. Uh, Before we get into this week's episode, I just want to say a quick thank you to our listeners. We've received some nice messages about the show, and it means a lot to us that some of you are enjoying our conversations and album reviews, so thank you. Brandon, you want to say thank you? Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, anything you want to talk about before we get into things? Grammys, Pusha T, Coachella? Yeah, let's talk about some things, man. Um, what Tyler is... won Go... his second hip-hop album of the year from the Grammys. He was on a hike. Yes, he was in Portland, actually. He talked about it on stage. Yeah, he was on a bike ride on Suave Island, which is like, I think, 45 minutes north of here. Um, It was pretty cool. Uh, I think it was well-deserved. And it's really cool to see him getting the recognition he deserves. I don't often find the Grammys reflect my taste in music, but I do like it when artists get their accolades, especially ones I like. Yeah, I think he deserved it. And I think it was kind of a shock for him, so yeah were there did you catch any of the performances or anything else that night no i didn't i didn't watch them no i I think foo fighters won best rock album is that right they did for medicine and midnight i personally thought that that was a weak album especially for the foo fighters but i did too i feel like there's a lot of controversy in the hip-hop world in terms of the grammys but their rock could use a lot of improvement as well (laughs) And I'm not, I'm not saying that they should have, that they should have these like really underground artists be winning Grammys, which I mean, would be fine if these artists are submitting to the Grammys, but I don't know, man. I I don't think that it's based on objective uh, goodness of the music. What am I trying to say here? No, no, it's not based on quality all of the time or critic. I think there is a degree of critical acclaim because these academies don't want to be criticized by the critics. So they tend to fall in line with their train of thought, but it does feel political to a degree. We don't know like what exactly it is behind the scenes that pulls these strings, whether it be managers or agents, but, or even labels like it was in the nineties with the hip hop scene, but it's definitely a corrupt to some degree, but it's really fucking cool when people like Tyler can break through all that bullshit and win. Yeah, he deserved it for that one. Call Me If You Get Lost is a very good album. but I think we both reviewed it pretty highly. Um, I think on my first listen, it was it was a little jarring and a little different, but I've, mm-hmm. I've grown to love that album a lot. I just listened to it again this week. I saw him live a few nights ago. Sure and, did. Uh, sound, uh, my review of that show is that it was loud. I will say that. <laughs> um, hey, he's... John, welcome to concerts. Yeah, welcome to concerts after being like 30 years old. Uh, (laughs) He's a phenomenal performer. His energy is incredible. The way he structured his set was genius. His set design was great. He had a fucking 1939 Rolls Royce on stage that he came out of. He had a full like house that he could walk on like the staircases and balconies and the windows would project different things like during ASAP Rocky's verse on Hoodat Boy, there was a fucking silhouette of him in one of the windows doing it. Oh, sick. And uh, the, a fucking boat came out of the stage and he rode that to like 
an island covered in grass in the middle and he did a bunch of flower boy and and medley of old shit he's phenomenal man he 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 really really fucking is born to do this like that much is clear (laughs) well i am so happy you got to see him live man vince staples was good yeah uh vince staples was good it was just kind of sad to see him have to play during a seat filler time slot and that island that I spoke of, he only played on that. So Caliuchus used the stage, Vince used that island. And I think that was kind of weird because it's as seats are filling up and the bottom part is like the bowl and the seats in the lower area are generally the last people to arrive for some reason. So he wasn't playing to a full arena, but he did get a lot of love and he closed with North North, which was insane so you gotta that was that. awesome you yeah yeah well, nothing oh no go, go ahead oh i was just saying there's nothing not to love about that oh yeah well speaking of concerts uh kanye west has dropped out of coachella to the surprise of nobody yeah so do you think he realized he wasn't going to be able to do like a dawn to two listening party and uh, was actually going to have to perform I actually think that he got to the desert and forgot his stem player at home and like, didn't have time to go, to go back and get it. You know, (laughs) does that plug into their sound system? The stem player, does it have an audio input for that? Does anybody know this? (laughs) Well, if it didn't, we would have been fucked. We're not getting any of the new shit. Um, (laughs) I mean, there's been reports like that he's going away to get help and that's why he did this. And I good for him. Yeah, I mean, I want to say good for him, but I also feel like he does this every time. Like he does something outlandish and then he's like, oh shit, I need to go away before I get more hate and comes back just as arrogant and just as abrasive as ever. I, It sucks to see what he's become. Like his first three to five albums are some of the greatest music ever made. And it just sucks that it's so hard to be a fan of the person that made them at this time. Yeah, uh, he like clearly doesn't really like his fans that much, in my opinion. So um, I guess, dude, uh... <laughs> yeah, I he also said that like he pretty much cosplayed as a backpack rapper because he couldn't like cut it as a street rapper to start. And that now that's why he does all of the shit that he does. But I don't know, man, I I'm not a therapist or a psychiatrist, but there's the music before his mom died and after his mom died. And it, it seems like that was a very pivotal moment in his life. Well, clearly it was. And I hope he does get the help he needs. And I hope uh, everybody are, uh, isn't too mad about uh, Kanye dropping out. I hear resale tickets are pretty cheap right now for Coachella. So if uh, anybody interesting, to go, yeah, apparently people are pretty mad at uh, the weekend kind of like co-headlining with Swedish house it makes a lot of sense not just in a name power way but like they co-produced most of his last album it's not that they had that one recent collaboration that they released together and like they can do pretty much everything of his from Starboy on and it would fit within the the sonic landscape of a Swedish house set to me you know yeah, I, uh, I, I have honestly no doubt that they'll put on a banger of a performance, and uh, I think they're both headliners, um, although, I don't know, man. 
We'll see. I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be something unique and maybe they'll end up touring this down the line. Um, did you hear the Silk Sonic rumor? Yeah, I heard a Silk Sonic rumor. I think somebody said no. One of them said no. I think Bruno yeah. Mars was like, So nah. they're doing that Vegas residency, but I don't think they just wanted to bring the Vegas show to Coachella. They wanted, if they're going to headline Coachella as their first like festival as a group, then they want to prepare that show and can't really do that on a week's notice. Right. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I'm excited to see uh, all the live streams because I will be attending Coachella this year. I will as well because I'm old and I'm nowhere near it and I don't have that kind of money anymore. But I'm with you, bud. We'll be, we'll be texting about it. All right, my man. You ready to get into this week? Let's do it, bud. Cool. Okay. First up, we got a new one from Flume called Sirens featuring Caroline Polachek. Did you like this at all? This is a little weird. Uh, it's also kind of awesome. I couldn't make up my mind. I feel like you're coming around on Flume because that's the way you should describe a lot of his music. <laughs> uh, I feel like this song will make a lot more context within this, like more sense within the context of the album, but I'm not a big fan of it as a single. Definitely sounds like Flume though. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to this next one from Kalani featuring Justin Bieber, Up at Night. It's catchy and it's going to do well in terms of streaming numbers. And I am surprised that I like a song featuring Justin Bieber as much as I do with this one. But it's a it's a bop. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, man. I actually really enjoyed it. The Biebs has a great voice and there's really no denying it. Um, I, I mean, uh, I think we all hated him as a young adult, but I think he's like a real adult now. So <laughs> I think he's, he's a real he's man out of that. I didn't say man. I said adult, but big little old man boy. words in my mouth. <laughs> Um, I mean, he's really just doing his best 2007 Chris Brown on this song, but I'm not mad at it. So I'll give it I'll give it to him. I'll give this one to the Beebs. Nice. Okay, let's move on to this one from Paranol into the endless night. I, I don't know if I'm not a fan of this song or if I'm just getting a little burnt out on him making the same variation of the same song over and over. Take Take two is a little more interesting, but what did you think? So I think just like you said, take two is a little bit more interesting. I think the uh, Into the Endless Night is a little much of the same. But here's something. Um, I listened to this album or this song. Uh, it's nine minutes, so it's happening <laughs> yeah. um, a number of times. And I either thought it was like super awesome or and not long enough or really annoying depending on when, where, and how I listened to it. And I think that that is, I don't know, man. I think that that's, that makes me feel weird. It's at least a quality, I suppose. Right. <laughs> well, he releases music, he, they, we're not sure, uh, at a incredible pace. So I'm sure we'll be revisiting or hearing more from him soon. Yeah, man. Okay, we got a new one from Warpaint that you added called Stevie. Tell me about this. Uh, I know you hated this, but I loved this. I didn't hate this. You didn't. No, the song has like a super chill 90s feel to it. I, I, this is my first last... time hearing them, but no. I do like it. You haven't, li you haven't liked uh, the last couple of singles from Warpaint I've thrown on. I must not have because I literally didn't know their name. If I, <laughs> I thought this was my first time hearing them, but her voice is really good. 
Yeah, it is. And I'm, I'm, well, I'm kind of glad you didn't go into it with a bias because I, I really liked this. I really like this band. So, yeah, they're good. Their, their new album, Radiate Like This, comes out May 6th. So we'll, we'll cover that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Next up, we got a new one from King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, Magenta Mountain. I just love how every song they make sounds so different but they're all good somehow and you but they're also instantly recognizable like you know when king gizzard is on but they're all all of their songs are incredibly different good point yes uh like the last song of theirs we covered was an 18 minute face melting combination of surf rock and blues rock and now we get psychedelic indie pop like you never know what to expect only that it'll be enjoyable Right. I, uh, I'm very excited for this album and to hear how both of those sounds kind of work together on an entire yeah. album. Like, like <laughs> how are you all going to like incorporate that? Are we going to open with this or are we going to open with the face melter? Are we going to close with the face melter or is that like a mid or is that like a mid album snack? I'm so interested. Uh, well, you'll find out shortly. It drops April 22nd. So. It sure does. Okay, man, that, that'll be a lot of fun, but I'm very interested to know. Last week, we talked about a new Alexis on Fire song. Alex is on fire. Who the fuck knows? And <laughs> it's one of those. You said, like, I brought up City and Color, and you're like, I've never heard these words together. Like, and it baffled me because this is a big project. Like, he has a collab album with Pink. Like, I don't know how this has never been on your radar, but this is. Dallas Green from Alexis on Fire, and I'm dying to know what you thought of it. All righty, so I fucking loved these. Yes, uh, this is this is great emo music. I have a cool question for you though, John. Does, does the lead singer of this band wear a silly hat? Uh, I think in his like post 2012 ish era. I, I ask this because Dashboard Confessional and this band are very similar. Yeah, but his voice doesn't <laughs> suck. That's the difference. <laughs> I, did, I did really like this band, man. But hey, he, has, he does have a great voice and uh, it's it's acoustic emo, except for the one, I think it's uh, Weightless. Weightless, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that one's, a, he gets a little more bluesy and these are I liked it. The first three songs are from his like two early albums like mid to late 2000s little hell the last three songs that came out like 2010 2011 ish my wife and i actually went to that tour nice. um fun story i saw him at coachella and he was playing what's the second main stage called outdoor stage outdoor stage uh, he was playing that while Wiz Khalifa was on the main stage. <laughs> and all you fucking heard was the bass. Like, it was so funny, man. And he, he like, acknowledged it. He was a good... I mean, he's in a fucking metal band. It's not like he's unaccustomed to noise, you know? It's just right. a very odd setting to hear That's some, funny. like, pretty intense emo acoustic. Yeah. But I'm glad you liked this. I'm I glad did. you liked it. You know, I actually have a, you said that this person, uh, this dude has a collab album with Pink. Yeah. I have a very interesting story about Pink that not a lot of people know. So, uh, you know, Tim Armstrong from Rancid and the Transplants? Yes. Did you know that he has won a Grammy before? No. It's not for the Transplants or Rancid, which is, I mean, both of those bands are great. 
but it's because he helped co-produce a Pink album. Oh, do you know which one? I, I you know what? I can, I can try to find it here. Um, I, I. That's funny. Look it up. Um, I'll, while you do that, I'll tell you a quick Pink story. At the City and Color concert we were at, he's like, I'm going to bring my friend Alicia out for this next song. And like, we're all in the crowd. We're not that close. And this lady comes on stage and like, nobody knows pink by the name alicia in this crowd at least right and so like it's like a minute into the song and they're like duetting and somebody's like it's pink (laughs) 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 it was was great dude it's fucking great and then their collab album came out like two years later it's pretty cool that's amazing um i guess he worked with jimmy cliff and pink but that's it that's interesting yeah he uh he's a he's a grammy award winning songwriter and he uh won that for working with pink I think i'm actually not surprised but that's very cool yeah i thought I, I every time i think of pink now i think of tim armstrong which is such a jarring transition you know but man just I like a pill it. was a banger uh, yeah man We'll revisit that one again. I might throw that on next week. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't have uh, time next week, bro. <laughs> no, we won't. Good God. Thanks for reminding me. Okay, let's move on to this new one from Ella May called Leave You Alone. In my opinion, she can do no wrong when it comes to making R&B. I thought her last album was phenomenal. I think the singles from this album have been phenomenal. She has all these like little 90s R&B mannerisms and melodies that I love. I'm a big fan. What did you think of this? Uh, I liked this, man. It is uh, very much R&B, and it's, again, not something that I that I ever really seek out, but I, I enjoyed this, man. You didn't light some candles and put this on and take a bath or something? I mean, I didn't have any rose petals just lying around, so you gotta, <laughs> I, I, I got to wait for those. No, I did, but it was good, man. I liked it. I'll send you a CBD bath bomb. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, her new album is called Heart on My Sleeve, and that drops May 6th as well, which is starting nice. to become a pretty full date, if I remember right. Um, let's move on to two pretty interesting songs here that I kind of just threw on to see where general mainstream pop is at as it stands, as these are two of the biggest male pop stars in the game right now. First one is Harry Styles, As It Was. Are you a fan of any of like his big radio singles? Are you familiar with them at all? Yeah, I, I actually don't know. Um, I'm sure I, I'm sure that most of his music it will hit me the same way that the song hit me, which is this is good pop. It's like undeniably catchy as fuck, but I I, I don't know, man. I'm sure. I thought I, it was boring. I thought it was boring. See, so like boring if, though. All of this style of music is boring, man. It's it's mass produced. It's mass produced CVS radio pop music, which is not necessarily like a bad thing. Like if you enjoy that, right? Some people really enjoy Michael Bublé on mm-hmm. Christmas, and that's generic, overproduced shit too. But it's 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 objectively catchy and good. Yeah, yeah. And his, I guess it's hard for me to tell, like. When when is a CVS hit like recognizable when it drops? You know, are you like this is a song that's gonna play in CVS forever? Like, if you know, he has two songs, "Adore You" and "Watermelon Sugar," that I hear oh, on the radio that's quite often. Yes, those are oh, both. Okay. Um, and those are like I'm not a fan of those songs that much either, but they have more of a catchiness to them than this one did. This one felt 
I don't know, a little undercooked in terms of like satiating a global pop fan base. And I didn't find anything he did vocally very impressive in it. And I know that's kind of what he's known for at times. Well, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't even click on C artist because obviously I know who, like, I know the name. He's Harry one Styles. of the One Direction guys. That's oh, what he's he from. Is. Got it. Okay. Yeah. See, this he's is their Justin Timberlake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you said his vocal performance was meh. Are you sure it's not the? He's not the Lance Bass or something? I'm just kidding. Lance Bass, <laughs> oh, if you're, God, if you're yeah. listening, I, I I didn't mean that. Um, Have I ever told you about the time I was standing next to Lance Bass at a Porter Robinson show in Vegas? No, please, please tell that story. <laughs> uh, it's not that interesting, but I will tell it. Um, my wife and I were in Vegas. I want to say this was, I don't know, 2014 or some shit. And this was Spitfire era Porter, maybe the singles for the yeah, album that started to come out. And he was playing Surrender in the Wind. And we walk in and he's, you know, he's on stage. He's not even legally old enough to step off stage in the club that he's playing at <laughs> at this right. point in his so career. Young. Yeah, it was a fuck like her and I were two of the only people that were actually there for the music, you know, which is ten- tends to be the vibe with Vegas. But yeah. it was really cool seeing him at that stage in his career. Anyways, um, we're just like, I don't have you ever been to Surrender? No, I still have not been to Surrender. So Surrender is a pretty small club that looks like your basic, there's the dance floor and then there's kind of the booths with the table service on the side. But instead of like a back wall, it opens up into a giant pool area. And what's normally the pool area during the day is like converted to like an outdoor, like just kind of party area. But they also have like tables and shit out there. So you can gamble like within view and everything in the music it's pretty insane yeah that's actually kind of cool man yeah and so it's very easy to like walk near the vip part and yeah like 1 a.m 2 a.m he's like that's lance bass and i'm like look like right to my right and he's just like there taking a drink and like watching porter i was like oh shit like amazing crazy okay okay uh but yeah that's my lance bass story hope you enjoyed it that's a great story man it <laughs> was my first ever concert oh my god so was that a sister thing uh honestly man i've i've i was also a large fan of nsync so i bought their first cd or i had my mom like, buy it for me i should say so we're in the same boat i'm just very curious as to how this came about like were you like i want to go to that fucking nsync concert mom <laughs> no we we actually were in las vegas as a family and nsync happened to be playing that night and uh that was the NSYNC was my first and second concert actually because it was the oh same. God. It was the same thing the next year after they released another album. So, That's incredible. Yeah, man. Which they're, show was they're, better? They're really good live. I don't know. I was a kid, man. I think maybe I was like seven years old, maybe even younger. I like or the early stuff. Yeah, I like the early stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh my god. Yeah, that's oh, our geez. quintessential 90s uh 90s for you i don't know i don't know what else is man no that that's as 90s as it gets um so we'll, we'll quickly talk about this next song i feel like all of our notes are going to be the same for it it's sean mendez when you're gone you familiar with him by name at all yeah you could have told me that the harry styles song was sean mendez and the sean mendez song was harry styles like this these songs are the same 
yeah well said we'll just leave it there that's pretty much it i i, I honestly have nothing more to say about it um all right let's move on to something i really do want to talk about and that is a new one from freddie gibbs called ice cream featuring rick ross his first official single of the year a song that I'm assuming it's going to be on Triple S whenever the fuck that drops. Uh, as always, everything about this is perfect. The flow, the lyrics, the hook, the Rick Ross feature, the Kenny Beats production, the artwork, the music video. It is all top tier. And we're a quarter of the way into this new year and still don't have albums from him, Pusha T or Kendrick Lamar. And I'm... I don't know, man. At least we've gotten a fucking single from him and we've gotten two from Pusha T now, but I don't know. Did this hold you over or you just like dropped the fucking album already? This is criminally too short at two minutes, bro. It's two <laughs> minutes. Freddie, give me something more, man. This is, it's it's honestly fucking great. Um, what I love about it's Freddie incredible. Gibbs. incredible. What I love about Freddie Gibbs, John, is that he can rap over Alchemist beats. He can rap over Mad Lib beats. He can rap over Kenny Beats beats. I mean, he can, he can just, he can just do it all, you know, mm -hmm. like it, it's, it's truly, it's truly great, man. So, He's a one of a kind, man. And yeah. like I said, his album's going to be worth waiting for. Yeah, I know. I really just kind of want him to fucking drop it already. I, I kind of think it's his style and I don't follow him on the, on the socials or anything, but just judging from his lyrical content, I think he's the kind of guy who doesn't really want to release a whole bunch of singles. He just wants to release a project. Um, but I, I could be wrong. I hope he just releases the whole fucking thing in like a week or something. Me too. Oh my God. A shock drop of this in the springtime would be the biggest gift of my life like i don't even know how i would process that I mean, honestly if any label execs are listening if once you've got once you've gotten to be freddie gibbs or if you have an artist that's at this level if you drop on a tuesday you'll be the only thing that anybody talks about on that tuesday yeah i've noticed some artists do it on thursday or wednesdays and thursdays but not a lot do it on monday or tuesday it's it's definitely untapped market i agree yep okay man let's move on to one I'm very interested in your opinion on. A new one from Masked Wolf. Uh, for those of you who don't know that name, that's the astronaut in the ocean guy. And Bring Me the Horizon. It's a song called Fallout. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go first on this, buddy. This is a song, uh, like you said, John, by Masked Wolf featuring Bring Me the Horizon, which is a sentence that I never thought I would ever say. Um, so More than Ed Sheeran if, featuring if, Bring Me the Horizon. If, if anybody had on their 2022 bingo card, rap Bring Me the Horizon, bring your card up. Um, look, man, this is, it's not bad. I hate that I'm saying that. It's, I don't think what? it's bad. I Dude, this is bad. horrible. I it's, hate it, this so much. I, I didn't, I didn't like want to turn it off. So... I listen yeah, to that's because thing. you want to make it to the last 15 seconds of a song where you know Ollie might scream. <laughs> okay, you got me. <laughs> I just feel dumb because since I said that newer Bring Me the Horizon isn't that bad, they've collaborated with Machine Gun Kelly, Ed Sheeran, and this fucking guy. <laughs> and oh my god, yeah, they're just making me look really bad, but no, Much dude, like you'll make... still defend tickets to my downfall, <laughs> I will still defend their last EP for better or worse at this point, I suppose. It's my burden to bear. I, I'm sure I've said it on the podcast before, but I, I, I wouldn't see them live. 
folks. They're bad live right now. <laughs> like, I saw them in 2019, and I can't imagine them being oh any better after collaborating with Machine Gun Kelly. Because I saw them the on one... the Sam Pitt Turtle Tour, and they yeah, were great. And I'm glad that, that was the last time I saw them. But ironically, they were horrible the first time I saw them during like the the Pray for Plagues and the uh, the Suicide Season era. Just horrible. They sounded terrible. They got a lot better live, honestly. I, I'm pretty sure they were doing a lot of partying back then. Oh yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it's it's really weird they were that that there is a hell sempaternal was the, like the magic era for them where everything just came together in the right way and they were good live good on albums and now they are what they are you, you, it's kind of a love them or hate them at this point yeah you know um i don't think i'll ever see them live again for the just the very risk that they might bring masked wolf on stage or ed sheeran on stage as like a surprise guest so <laughs> isn't it funny whenever an artist you see live brings the like one guest on stage that you're like i don't know who the fuck this is <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been in that moment because it's really awkward you know uh yes uh although i was the one who knew who it was um <laughs> it was um 2012 Coachella and it was Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and they brought out uh, both Warren G and Corrupt and you could tell that nobody knew who they were. Oh my god. But like once That's they started so rapping they obviously they both say their name I think in their verses. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Uh, that was a big thing in rap at the time. Well I mean you got to market there was no social media in the 1997. Bro. Exactly. Um, so I just I just thought it was funny, man, because there's like there's like a bunch of dudes on stage and it's like, who are these guys? And it's oh, that's corrupt. And like I, I like I knew because of the hat corrupt always wears the hat like that. So, yeah, hats and rap are a lot cooler than hats and emo acoustic music right now. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Can we get snapbacks <laughs> in the emo acoustic game? Oh, my goodness. Okay, let's move on. Uh, we got a new one from Blue to Tiger called Hot Crush Lover. I She's a really good pop singer, but she's an even better bassist. Every song of hers we cover just has an incredibly great bass line. And that's always my main takeaway. What were yours? That bass line, though. Are my yeah, notes. those are my it's, notes. It's so good, dude. <laughs> She's very She's good. such a good bass player, and and it's funny that like you like you said, she has such a good voice, but yet the bass stands out. To me, that's just that's wild. Put her on tour with Primus. I'll watch it. <laughs> Yo, I bet you she could probably cover a Primus song and like do it well. Because you know, I hate covers. I would love that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would absolutely love that. Blue to Tiger, if you're listening, please cover Jerry as a race car driver. Oh my God, dude. That would just, that's the song I want, like, my body to transcend into the afterlife. To. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes. Let's move on, buddy. We got a new one from Foles called Looking High. I I can see why Gaspar did a remix of one of their songs because if you told me that this was a new Justice song, I would believe you. <laughs> yeah, man. They're really good. I like them. Do you like this one more than the last single they put out? Uh honestly, I, I You don't even remember it, do you? No, not really. 
I think it was like waking up 2 a.m. Something oh, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I liked I liked I've liked all of the singles. I really, really enjoyed this one. I listened to it like a number of times this week. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say, yeah, yeah, I like this. This seems like a very long-winded album release, but it seems to be leading towards something. So we'll keep we'll an eye see. on it. Do something. All right. <laughs> uh we got a new one from an artist I've never heard of before, Kaiser Disco, together one time. How'd you find this artist? Where yeah. did you find this song? All the usual questions I have for you, Brandon. So I, every time Kaiser Disco releases a song, I gauge how much techno I've put on the playlist yet this week. And if I <laughs> deem that it's too much, then the better techno gets it. Um, but uh, to this week, it was, uh, I was like, okay, Kaiser Disco. I've been following Kaiser Disco for a couple, for maybe about a year. No, maybe two years. Um, I was uh, going on a work trip to go to Orlando a few years ago. And uh, I don't know why, but airplane music to me is techno. I, I, I don't know why, but it has to just all be techno. Um, okay. Catch me in an airport anywhere. You can guarantee that I'm listening to techno. It's just, I don't know, it's just my traveling music. It just puts me in focus, it keeps me on high alert, and I just fucking love it. So I was putting together a playlist. Um, I actually think it's public, so anybody who follows the uh, um, Brandon's Face playlist, you can click on my profile and find the Orlando Airplane Techno playlist. And uh, yeah, man, I was just kind of going through, I, I, I went through purposeful Spotify rabbit holes where it's like okay fans who like this also listen to this let's see what this guy does and then let's see who this guy does and i think it was like seven or eight uh degrees of separation away from adam bayer so uh okay okay that that's the route all right i always like to to see where it started from uh adam bayer makes a lot of sense for this yeah you know i love some unrelenting german techno man it's good man did you like this one yeah, yeah, it's pretty rudimentary, but it's also like kind of great. I think I that I think that's the point of techno, man. I think it's supposed to just be there are very there are a very specific set of rules for anybody in a techno purist world to say, "Oh yeah, this is definitely techno." I think Kaiser Disco hits hits the nail on the head on this one. I agree, man. I agree. Definitely throw some more of his on. I I do like it. Nice. Okay, let's move on to a new one from an artist called I Song. The song is called Have You Ever Heard a Love Song on Drill? And this is the Craig David remix. Uh, you want some context on this one? Yeah, yeah, please. Uh, okay, so I'd never heard this I Song guy before, but you know I'm a huge Craig David fan, UK garage RB legend from the early 2000s, more of an EDM vocal legend as of late, like the last decade or so. Yeah. But, um, he tends to like to entertain the R&B world again when it has to do with one of his two main songs, Fill Me In or Seven Days. And this song samples Fill Me In, and I think it did really well on the drill scene in the UK. And obviously he tried to get Craig David to do a remix, and Craig David was nice enough to say yes. So Craig David went by the studio. There's some footage of him like in the studio with him recording it. And it's, it's really fucking good, man. Um, it made a lot of sense. And it's so crazy how familiar they sound, or not familiar, how similar they sound to each other. Like, it's hard to tell where one of their voices ends at times and the other begins. So I'm really glad this ended up coming to be. Craig David, like I said, just doesn't do a lot of R&B anymore. 
but this is really cool because like I said it not only samples his song but kind of interpolates it and it gets like the king to reclaim the throne a little bit I would love to see him actually put out an R&B album again but I won't hold my breath for that uh did you enjoy this at all I know you're kind of hot and cold on R&B in general this is the first drill song we've ever covered I think okay so I'm I'm gonna need you when I'm done to define drill for me but um this is sure. fucking great man I, I don't know why but the accent and the kind of poppy beat was kind of jarring to me at first so I, I wasn't really sure what to what to think after my first listen but after my second listen I was like oh this is a fucking bop um I did really enjoy this Please tell me what drill is. What am I missing? So drill is more of just, it's a certain drum beat and a certain flow, I would say, or cadence. Um, it's kind of hard for me to define, but I will send you some good examples of drill as soon as we're done. Yeah, man. Awesome. Thank you. But this would be an example of like R&B drill. It's typically used more in a rap way, not, not like this. For sure. Gotcha. All right, man. Let's move on to the last single we have this week. And it's a new one from The Smile called Panavision. So this is a song that was made, I think, for the new season of Peaky Blinders or like the soundtrack for it ended up being released as a new single by The Smile. Did you like this at all? Uh, I did not like this song. Um, Interesting. Okay. There's just a lot happening. There, mm-hmm. like, there's just a lot going on and it doesn't really become cohesive until about the two minute and 45 second mark, which is when I looked at my Spotify and I was like, okay, finally I can like breathe. It was weird. Um, <laughs> it seems like really droney and just like, a, I don't know, man, it's a little too weird for me. Uh, yeah. I don't even have notes on this one. I just kind of listened to it a few times and yeah, it didn't really stick with me. These last few singles haven't really stuck with me as much as the first two, but I would say four singles in. We're definitely going to get an EP or a project of some some kind. That well, much seems clear. I will definitely listen to it. Oh, I know you will, because I'll fucking make you like a clockwork <laughs> orange you down just with headphones instead. Uh, <laughs> all right, bud, you ready to move on to the albums? Yeah, if you stop threatening me with good times. <laughs> okay first up we got a new one from Sila sue called persona do you know who she is no idea this is my first time ever listening or hearing the name or anything like that okay so i became a fan of hers like way back in 2013 when i saw her do a cover of can't take my eyes off you on a youtube channel with some band called walk off the earth do you remember them They did like YouTube covers all the time. Um, Anyways, what a period in time. Anyway, she like guest vocaled on on one of their covers and her voice caught my attention right away. It varies from song to song, but on that one, it was like very reminiscent of Amy Winehouse, who I'm also a very big fan of, obviously. So I found her first album and kind of followed her from there. Her last album was, I think, around 2015, 2016, but it was really good. It had a song featuring Childish Gambino called Together that I really enjoyed. But she kind of went on hiatus after that. She had her first child in 2017, and she came back around 2020 with an EP titled Bedroom before starting to release the actual new singles for this album, one of which was Pills. 
um, which kind of talks about her struggle with depression and antidepressants in a way that's way more fun than it fucking sounds. Um, <laughs> and I guess that was a lot of what she was going through on her hiatus as well. This album bounces around a lot stylistically. There's a little bit of rap, a little bit of pop, a little bit of R&B, some reggae, just a little bit of everything. But her voice is what keeps it all together. And speaking of her voice, I'll just give away my favorite song right now. All the Way Down is one of the fucking greatest vocal performances I've ever heard. Like, if that doesn't make you feel something, you're dead inside. And like I said, I don't understand the Grammys, but how that type of shit just doesn't win automatically, I don't really understand. I thought this whole album was really good. I'm going to put it at about a seven or eight for now, but haven't really listened to it enough to lock in a score. I'm curious to know what you thought, though, as this is your first time hearing her at all. Yeah, so uh, I fucking loved this, bro. This was really good. Good, Um, good. This album is, like you said, part hip-hop, part pop. Um, I Here's what I really loved about this. I listened to this two or three times, and uh, she very clearly has an insane vocal range. Um, yeah. What I love is that she doesn't flex that. It's not the focal point of her music. The entirety of the music is the focal point of the music, which is... Um, you know, like like Mariah Carey flexes the fact that she can hit that note as kind of like as, often as she yeah. can. You know, like like there's there there's vocalists and they do it on the male side too, and that mm-hmm. just kind of flex. And she doesn't. Um, she shows it, but she doesn't flex. And I think that that is um, both confident and humble at the same time. Um, she puts a lot of thought uh, into how her voice kind of blends with the music. I really, really enjoyed this production is great. I put it at a seven and all the way down is an absolutely beautiful song. It's, it's also my standout. Yeah. That, that shit's fucking crazy. Like I've heard her do the raspy thing before. Like she's hitting fucking Kurt Cobain levels on that song, man. It's really, really impressive. Yeah. It's a really good um, song. Yeah. Easy standout. I'm really happy to see her releasing music again. She sounds reinvigorated her last albums did not have this much hip-hop in fact her first album is very like indie there's some acoustic pop like it's it's nothing like what she's become but she's kind of growing into like a lily allen like a fully formed all-around threat which is really cool yeah i enjoyed this thanks for thanks for showing me good man i'm glad you enjoyed it um we got a new one from dreamville that was uh kind of a shock drop and this one is called d-day it was a new mixtape from them have you had time to process this one much uh yeah i think the i think that i listened to this uh, a lot over the past week Um, well you go first then because i haven't had as much time with it as you but i'm curious to know your thoughts like most uh mixtapes that are record label mixtapes this is just a fucking party um, there's a bunch of great bars and then there's a bunch of subpar bars. Um, mm-hmm. we've got, uh, we've got a couple of skips on this album. Um, I, I didn't know that two change was on Dreamville. Is that, is that new? Is that always? No, that's a, a featuring. Anyone oh, okay. that says featuring in God. the songs and not with is a, not on Dreamville. Well, I thought that it was like, I thought that it was. I don't know. He's on two of the songs. So that's kind of cool. Good for you, two chains. Honorary member. 
Uh, Barry from Simpson and Everybody Ain't Shit are absolute fucking bangers. Yeah, um, easily the best two songs. That's I just wow, those are fantastic songs. Um, yeah, I, I didn't rate this one. I didn't have a standout, although it's one of those two. Um, it's just it was it was fun to listen to. I don't think that I'll go back to this more than I already have, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I think you said pretty much everything, but I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit. I just think, yeah, like with mixtapes, the beats are always a little undercooked and the mixes are always a little rough, but that's, it sounds like they're having fun and trying to top each other's verses, which is kind of the most important thing. And in a setting like this, there's a difference in audio quality sometimes from one song to the next, and even sometimes from one verse to the next. I don't know if you picked that up which I feel like that could have been corrected a bit. Um, But you can argue it doesn't matter because it's a mixtape, but it's a little distracting at times. Uh, I'm not a really big Sheck West fan, but I thought the intro was a lot of fun. The best songs are obviously the ones with Jid or J. Cole or Earth Gang on them. And like you said, Barry from Simpson, easily the best song. Jid is insane, man. The what's the line? I've been in fights that I didn't win and I didn't die, but they didn't live. So we did it right. Like, (laughs) that's insane. (laughs) That dude is just insane. Yeah, man. He uses some really neat wordplay combined with really neat kind of tie-ins from other, from other lines. I mean, it's, it's the, the bars. Genius level shit. Yeah. The two verses he has on uh, Barry, Barry from Simpson um, are just absolutely insane yeah i'm expecting him to cement a top five status with his next album i'm really really looking forward to that but other standouts on here i thought blackberry sap was really good uh ari lennox did a great job on that her other song was i think that's a cover of another song not a big fan of it again like you said man there's some good verses there's some bad verses not one i'm gonna really be revisiting i didn't really rate it either but if you have not, do yourself a favor and listen to Barry from Simpson because it's incredible. So I have uh, one question for you, John. Um, Go. Ari Lennox, do you think that there is a reason that on the original Coachella lineup it was just Ari Lennox, but now on the new one that they just released today, it's the Ari Lennox? No, I didn't catch that at all. Um, interesting. So okay. drama introduces... Both both of these songs as the Ari Lennox, so I I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Mm, she's still on Spotify as Ari Lennox, so that's interesting. I don't know if it's maybe just something for her current album cycle or promo, but interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to this new one from Pup the Band that we've been waiting for for quite a while buddy i'm dying it's to hear here. what you thought of it it's, it's here. here so All is right. your final <laughs> so yes i did i did have the opportunity for my first listen of this album to be uh, on the vinyl which i magical all right so uh this is refreshing it's poppy it's punky uh i fucking love how meta this band is um and they've kind of been like that since the beginning they have songs like if this doesn't tour, if this tour doesn't kill you i will um God, the song names just four chords and then four <laughs> chords part two, five chords. Just <laughs> oh man, they make me laugh so much. They make fun of themselves, they make fun of their genre, and they do it 
so well that it's, you know, it's one of those things where Blink-182 really got away with making fun of themselves on stage and telling to telling the other members of the band to suck their dicks and shit like that. And mm-hmm. they, they just, they, they kind of got away with making fun of pop punk as a whole and themselves and everybody else all at the same time. And they did it because they were so confident in their music. And God, man, Pup is, Pup is doing this, man. This is a great, I, I didn't, I didn't think that there were any skips on this. Matilda sounds great on vinyl. Thank you. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we have <laughs> we have some fucking amazing, amazing song titles, man. Four Chords Part 3, Diminishing Returns, Pup, <laughs> Pup the Band, Inc. is filing for bankruptcy. Just, oh, man. Incredible they, they song, just, too. They just, oh, yeah, they're all great, man. Um, Relentless is insane. Habits is great. Um, cutting off the corner, grim reaping. I mean, I was kind of hoping that the singles weren't going to be the the best songs on this album, and they they are and they aren't. But I really enjoyed all of the deep cuts. That uh, I know you liked that seamless transition between four chords and totally fine because I thought that that was I did. The, the perfect way to open an album, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it a nine. Uh, I I think my standout is uh, four chords part two, five chords. That's a great one. I, I like that one as well. I also gave it a nine out of 10. My standout's Matilda. But uh, yeah, man, this I agree with everything you said. This album is great. Anyone who says otherwise is just wrong. Um, it's slightly different as in terms of like the style of pop punk that it is. But I think they're so creative and their energy is so infectious that it's just hard not to root for them when you listen to them. Right. You know, like, like you said, the self-deprecation helps a lot with that. And I love how every time I thought something didn't sound good, it not only went on to sound incredible shortly after, but it was sounding amateur on purpose. Right. (laughs) Like they're fucking geniuses. Oh my God. Like the four chords. Yeah. Let's talk about the four chords interludes um <laughs> they're they're like what is, i hope it's a fictitious battle with their record label because <laughs> it's funny to think of a label putting this out and it mostly being making fun of them but uh they just do a great job pacing the album with those interludes between the absolute bangers like you said relentless and waiting are both fucking crazy but you get four chords part two five chords in the middle <laughs> and it just flows together perfectly like they, they did a really good job putting this album together but i want to talk about waiting for a sec okay because it's this pop punk classic rock fusion track that shred way harder than i was expecting it to and it even had one of those like old school borderline spoken word second verse type things one of those like you want us to go to your schools and work at your jobs it was like it gave me that type of energy and i was just so glad to be reminded of that type of shit uh like you said not a bad song on here and after hearing it in full my favorite is still matilda they actually posted the story behind that song on their instagram do you want to know it yeah tell me So I'll summarize as much as I can, but after a show on their first tour, the guitarist dropped and broke his guitar, it being their first tour and then being a young band. Obviously, he had no money to buy a new one, but he was lucky enough to be gifted one from one of his friends, and it was a yellow Gibson Les Paul special, and it was named Matilda. 
obviously the guitar and the gesture like meant a lot to him but he ended up playing with that guitar at like hundreds of shows over the next few years oh that's incredible until one day the band asked him to get a better guitar because like they they finally had money they could afford better equipment at this point so he bought like a quote-unquote better guitar that he still uses but he says like it just never felt the same and so like the more he he didn't play with it the like guiltier he started to feel so he wrote this song about like the feeling of shame sadness and guilt nostalgia and regret around like not playing that guitar anymore but but when it was time to record this song he actually got matilda out and used it for like the first time in years to record this i fucking love that story yeah so this band i mean i'm just (laughs) dude i'll i'll send um i'll I'll send you the stories because they did little cartoons for every like panel of it and it's really really funny too yeah send them send them to my wife she'll show me i will i will all right um pup great job thank you this lived up to the hype for me yes the unraveling of brandon may i love it Uh, okay let's move on to new one from mashuga called immutable (laughs) um look man they've they've been around for almost 30 years so i'm not surprised that they're running out of ideas but this album just felt stale to me I'm not the metal aficionado you are, but I know what I like and what I don't. And this just didn't do it for me, man. Uh, All the songs just kind of bleed together and it like just becomes a monotonous mess. And I know I'm a big seamless transition fan, but like this isn't that. This is just every song kind of sounding the same in retrospect to me. He's still a great vocalist, still sounds surprisingly powerful, but just no dynamic range to it at all. It's just the same thing over and over again. And I thought they were going to do something new on Black Cathedral, but it just turned out to be an interlude. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's my luck. Uh, I'm also just not a big fan of the tempo they play at, I think, or this specific style of metal that much. I feel like they were ahead of the game for a while in metal, but like the game just caught up and passed them by. I gave this one a four out of 10 and the abysmal eye was my favorite. I'm anxious to know if you thought differently though. Okay. I know exactly why you don't like it. Please tell me. Do you have any idea what time signature any of these songs are? No. They're all of them, John. It's the brown note. Okay. Listen, that that's that's kind of almost it, man. And that's that's almost all of Mashuga's music, um, which is they just I I there's like almost no one same drum beat. They're they're all fucking different, man. And that really fucks with your senses. And I think that's their thing. Um, I've never been a giant Mashuga fan. I have been following this release because I'm just starved for metal. So somebody please send me some metal um, or I can probably dive into my listen to next. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, this is, uh, it's okay. It's not the best, but it kind of staved off my, my starving for metal. Um, I, I, I like the abysmal. eye also, that's my standout. I gave it a five. It's not amazing. It's not, great it's not really that good but it's it's not bad i I don't know how else to describe it it is it's it's the drums man if you go back and listen to even the abysmal eye again you'll notice Mm -hmm. that the entire the the entire drum the entire the entire drum beat is different every single line 
Yeah, there's like a lack of rhythm and getting into the album as a result of that. So you could be right. I, there's no rhythm here. Drummers are historically. Well, they are white. To... Yeah. <laughs> what do you say? They can't jump now. Um... <laughs> All right, let's move on. Okay, buddy. We got. Hold on. Did you not throw this on here because you missed it? Because I was like, oh shit, Meshuggah released a new album and it's metal and Brandon didn't add it. Did I just throw it on before you could? I think you threw it on before I could. Okay. 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 Good. All right. Uh, all right. Last up, we got a new one from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Unlimited Love. Oh boy. So I'm just going to, I'm going to be brief here. Other than a few fun bass lines, this album did not do it for me. Like it, it wasn't unlistenable, but it just wasn't that interesting. Like, okay, I take back that it wasn't unlistenable most of the time. Like Poster Child is so fucking annoying, dude. I hate that word salad type of rhyming bullshit. Um, they're still a good band, but I wasn't a big fan of them in their prime and I'm not a big fan now. So this didn't do anything for me. I gave it a four out of 10 because I recognize that the musicianship behind it is objectively good at times. And I thought Aquatic Mouth Dance was the best of what I can remember. Aquatic Mouth Dance is the best song on this album. Um, okay, so I'm not crazy. Go. No, you're not crazy. Are you? So you mentioned that you're not a big fan of theirs. Um, I'm also not. I'm, I had Like outside really... the hits and shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, their hits are fucking great. They're hits. Um now, here's how I feel with Red Hot Chili Peppers. I threw this album on, and I was, like, grooving, man. I was dancing. I was hanging out. I was like, yeah, this is fucking good. But it never goes past the surface with me. It never has with Red Hot Chili Peppers. I never want to dive into their lyrics. I couldn't tell you any of the lyrics on this album because it's not about the lyrics for me. Um, I think that they are a giant band. Um, deservedly, right? They have mm-hmm. put out a ton of hits and they, they make, like you said, objectively good music. And with uh, Fushante, is that his name, on bass, uh, again on this album, which is why you probably recognized or felt the, the love for the bass lines. Um, yes. It's a great, great fucking, great fucking bass, bass lines, man. I did enjoy this album. Um, and for enjoyable factor alone, uh, on my one listen to this album, I gave it a seven because I enjoyed it so much. Um, but That's again, fair. I couldn't, I couldn't go back and tell you any other songs other than aquatic, uh, what is it? aquatic mouth dance only because that was the one that stuck with me. And there, I don't like the slow songs. Um, me the either. slow Red Hot Chili Pepper songs are not my jam. Um, a lot of people were suggesting that Red Hot Chili Peppers could have potentially replaced Mr. Kanye West at uh, Coachella. And what do you think? I think that they absolutely could. I've seen them at Coachella, and they are insanely good live. They're very good. We had a lot mm-hmm. of fun. And I think they're definitely a headliner. I had somebody on Reddit tell me that they're not Coachella material, and I just kind of had to laugh at them. I'm pretty sure they've headlined three times. So Yeah, yeah, do your history. Right. But, I mean, to that person's point, maybe they're saying current Coachella culture. That that was that was their point. Like they only well, not really. Their point was that Coachella only has new bands on or bands that release new music. And I was like, bro, you know, they they just released an album on Friday, right? Um, yeah. But, but and it's actually fun fact. This is actually number one on the UK charts as of a day ago. 
which is interesting. interesting. Right, and interesting, especially for music about Southern California and music about drug use in Southern California. In Southern California. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, maybe throw Blue to Tiger on bass. Let's do two bassists instead of a guitarist for the next album. I'll listen to that. That sounds Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> I always come up with those when I'm completely fucking joking. Um <laughs> Do you have anything more to add on this one? I have nothing more to add on this one, man. Me either. Um, I know this was a shorter week, but we assure you people we are going to have a gigantic week next time. To recap, we're going to have new albums from... I've actually added a few since I last told you this. This is fun. We have a new single from Chloe called Treat Me. We have a new album from Health called Disco 4 Part 2 new album from jack white called fear of the dawn a new album from let's eat grandma called two ribbons a new album from omar apollo called ivory a new album from orville peck called bronco a new album from sid called broken hearts club and a new album from vince fucking staples called ramona park broke my heart i cannot fucking wait any thoughts brandon anything you want to add yeah man uh this week's gonna be stacked man a lot of music to listen to, but it like it just just based on what you just said, a lot of it's going to be real good. I think, I think Vince is going to come out fucking swinging. Yeah, I'm expecting that to be my album of the week next week. We're gonna we might actually have to pick an album of the week next week since we have like fucking <laughs> ten releasing. Oh man, well this was this this week was fun. Uh, I think uh, I think it was light, but I think I still got enough enjoyment out of it. So, me too. Um... You can like and subscribe, comment on YouTube. That really helps us out. If you're listening on Spotify, be sure to follow Brandon's face so you get alerted when we post new episodes. You can find us on our website and our sick-ass release calendar that we added to it. And you can find us on Instagram at Brandon's Face Pod and message me there. So, peace. Peace.